ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Randy Norman, welcome to ATV Talk, and thanks for coming and visiting with us. You're welcome. About time, huh? Well, yeah, I've been asking you. I've been asking you to come on for for quite a while, and uh, you finally uh, you finally took me up on it. Yeah, well, wanted to see how well the show was going first before I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a time thing. You know how it is. Oh yeah, we're all busy. We're all super all busy. busy. Yeah. So. Hey, Randy, I know you and I have known each other. Uh, we were talking about this not too long ago since um, the end of the 90s when you uh, started working with Doug Eichner on some steering dampeners for ATVs. I honestly, you know, I'm trying to think back because I think I met Doug. Well, see, Doug was doing my welding for me when he worked for that guy that ran that metal shop down in Oklahoma. Right. And Doug says, what, what are these things for? And I told him what they're for. He goes, can you put it on ATV? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. And then I remember he had his ATV, and then he had it up, like up, upside down. I'm like, well, can you mount it upside down to here? I, I guess you could, you know. And we were kind of playing around. Then that's when he told me, go, go over, go over and see Lenny at Duncan. Go, Who? Lenny. He's my sponsor. Go over, go over and see him. Talk to him. That's when I came over and we started right. collaborating. And then you kind of set me straight. Let's mount it where the guy can adjust it. And that's where we came up with that handlebar design. So right. Yeah. Then Doug. Did a lot of R&D for us, you know, and he was really good. I mean, couldn't ask for a better guy, you know, world champion, you know, pretty right. much And he gave us a lot of good feedback and uh, I had a lot of fun. I mean, you know, we traveled. Yeah. We traveled a lot, Oklahoma and all over the planet, you know, pretty much traveled all over the place, you know, racing and having fun. And and then we're working, you know, we're work, but it was still it was a good time. Doug's a, Doug's a, he's a fun guy to hang out with. He is. He really is. I spent a lot of years working on his stuff. Yeah, Um, you travel a lot, so you've been you've been on the globe for for Duncan Racing. uh, Yeah, I've been around the globe for Duncan Racing. I've Mm -hmm. I've, you know done some stuff with some European guys and uh, travel. That's my problem. I've been to Mexico, and that's really about it. 
This, ever since we started this company, my father and mother and my brother have traveled all over the world in the name of GPR. I sit home like the, you know, like, a, like the uh, stepchild or the, what do they call it, from the Cinderella story, you know, yeah. the one with the dirty dress sitting at home, it's still doing the chores. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm not much of a traveler. I, I had, you know, I had fun in Mexico racing all those years and got out of it clean. I'm still walking, you know, kind of. And, uh, you know, but like I said, I do, I'm glad my parents got to do all that, you know, because they're in their eighties now, you know, and it's like, they're kind of going, they're, they're still pretty good shape. Like I said, it's like, it, I'm glad they got to do that, you know, and instead of me going. So, but yeah. Well, do you think you'll ever go travel? I don't think so. No, I just don't, don't really enjoy it. You know, right now it's work, work, work. It's been like that for, I mean, you know, it's been like that for the last four or five years. It's just developing you always have to develop you know you always have to try to do something new something bigger and better or just try to improve on your product you know that you guys do the same thing you know well yeah it's 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 a constant battle i mean just like with the with the new q5 that's coming out for the uh wow. for the atvs yeah. i mean what we've been we've been back collaborating back and forth with that for yeah. over a year yeah and it's it's one of those things where we've always tried to build a better mousetrap we did our version the latest version we had was pretty good but it was just we needed to phase out something. We got to the point where we're making too much stuff. You know, our manufacturing facility couldn't handle it anymore. So we, we've got to start thinning the herd out a little bit. So we phased out the version one, which was part of the quad series. And then we thought, okay, well, this will work pretty good. And of course, after a little bit of testing and stuff, we realized that this thing was working good, but we didn't realize it was going to be so much of everything having to change, which you and I have been through this last week. You know, getting that that 450 TRX ready, you know. But I I know what we have to do now on all the quads. So it's a matter of just you know we're going all programming and building all new parts in between trying to do production. You know, and the production part is you know it's a madhouse right now trying to get parts built. Well, let's go back in time a little bit and talk about where Randy Kemp comes from in the motorsports industry. I mean. Did you start riding when you were a little kid? I didn't pick, I didn't get on a bike till I was like 15 or 16. I was kind of late. You know, my brother raced, and he was, when my brother raced, he was with a gang of guys in high school, and they, that's when they used to have Wednesday night motocross at South Bay Speed. You remember that? Yep. And my brother was, the high school he went with to the all the kids, and there's like 15 guys in there, and they all raced. And that was their you know high school team. There was Point Loma team. There was... Benita team, and that's kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Walker and some of the guys yeah. out here at El Cap, and it's like they would they would race, and I would always go and watch, and I thought that's kind of cool, you know. One day, my brother was riding a, a YZ four hundred, and and he uh, he crashed and got hurt, and and my father said something, about, hey, we'll throw a little thing and try the thing out. So the first black guy we really rode was a YZ four hundred, and I started riding it, and and I went from junior intermediate to pro in less than three years. And I was beating all my brother's friends, and you know I was really good at it at 16 years old, 17 years old. I got my AMA license when I turned 17 and a half, almost 18. Wrote a few nationals, just wasn't a good motocross guy. I was the kind of guy that I would get going, and all of a sudden, oh, the race is over. Darn, you know, I just got my rhythm going, you know. And everybody, you should go race off road, race off road, what like Baja Desert, yeah, something like that. So. I rolled up to Carlsbad one day for a motocross race, and they're having an SRA Grand Prix. Well, what is this? Oh, we're going to use the motor track, we use the drag strip. Oh, that sounds like a whole lot of fun. 
And uh, so I went out there and rode and had a ball. I, I was leading the race, got a front flat tire. And and I the kid guy beat me was Craig Adams. You know, was Craig Adams. I thought this was fun. I got to come back. And then that went from there to off to desert racing, right? District 38. And then when I did this 38, uh, I got a chance to ride Baja in 86, I think it was, or 85 as the third rider. And I was scared to death. I mean, Baja, holy crap, you know, Baja. I never really went down there than eat lobster. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was with Derek Payment, Randy Morales, and I was the chase guy. And one of those guys, something happened, I was able to jump on the bike. And they didn't. I mean, they finished the race and I was there. I got, you know, didn't need credit for which I shouldn't. I didn't, I didn't never touch the bike. But the next year, Al Baker hooked me up and said, Hey, I want you and me to ride the Baja 1000 and I'll buy, I'll do the bike. I'll get your mechanic, do everything. I'm like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Really? You know, wow. Okay. You know, sure. You know, and spent three weeks down there. And, and that was kind of my first Baja experience, you know, and I had a, you know, it was really cool because I had an interpreter, a mechanic. Woke me up every morning, didn't you know, let me drink, you know, and, you know, <laughs> he, he kind of much kept me straight. We pre-run every day and, and uh, ran that race. And then the next race was with Scott Summers. Everybody knows Scott Summers from GNCC. And Scott was a little, I think, a little intimidated with the speeds. You know, nice guy, great family. Mom, you know, his dad, his sister. I mean, we had a ball down there chasing and he wore out a set of tires chasing us, you know, on his car. But uh, Scott stalled the bike. At one point, when we were, I think, second or third overall, I had a little trouble starting. The, it was at a 6.30. He's not used to riding big 6.30. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the next year, uh, we were going to go, then Al got the plane crash. So when that happened, we pretty much had like, the end of my Baja stint. I haven't been down there since. I mean, that was 90, 98, 99. Wow. I mean, it's, no, that's 87, 88, 89, 89. It's 89. <laughs> That long ago since I've been Baja. And all my friends still go down and race cars and I come down and I'm like, you know, I just, it's you know, not, it's, not just, worth it. it's just not my cards. You know, I just, for some reason, I just, I mean, my office is five miles from the Mexican border. And it was, oh, it must be cool. We're going to go down there. have lobster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure I do. <laughs> it's like, no way. You know, I'll go down there. It's just, it, it's just something that's just never, you know, another country like me and you. You've been You're not country. five miles from the Mexican border, dude. Yeah, I'm fine. you're like five minutes from the Mexican oh, no, border. No, no, no. Because because you picked Terry and I up. My wife and I made a mistake going through the the border check line and had to walk across the border with our luggage because they wouldn't let us check okay, our bags. Yeah, but how far? But my office is still north of the border. Yeah, but it's only north of the border, like uh, okay, five whatever, minutes, whatever. <laughs> if it's that. Still, it's, but still, it's it's just. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Mexico. They're just, you know, it seems like you go down there, do what you do, and then come back, and that was it. I that's a place where I always went. It was business. Right. I never went down there for pleasure. So that's kind of, my friend's like, oh, come on down. I go, look, do you want to run Vegas to Reno? I'll be glad to chase you. I'll be glad to drive a ride a section for you. Or, or if you're going to run, but I don't go to Mexico. I mean, I've had, you know, Kirk Casselli, good friend, died. You know, Dan Ham died. I mean, it just, it's the mojo. I just, and call me whatever. I just don't dig it, you know. Uh, I can get hurt up here. Why would I go down there? You know, <laughs> so. You know, it's just one thing. I mean, there's a lot of racing going on up here. Why would I go down there? And, you know, of course, I get the, hey, Randy, why don't you bring your $200,000 semi-truck down here at first contingency and da 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 uh, You know, if you're not ready, for me to be down with my big rig like I do at the other races, if you're not ready by the time you get down there and you need my assistance, you're not ready for the race. 
Right. So like a big six or works, you know, there's three days of events. I can do services in between and sell product, but I'm not driving to Mexico to spend 45 minutes or an hour or two hours of contingency and not, you know what I mean? It's just, it's the risk for the, everything out, getting that truck back across the border, you know, everything it's, it's, you know, it's probably, probably a lot better now than it used to be. Oh, it is. It's way better because yeah, there's so I, I much. Just, I remember the Herps a long time ago. They were like, oh, we have, you know, armed escorts and we have this and we'll just go racing. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> well, the Herps always did everything a little over the top. Too. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. But nothing exceeds like success. So Exactly. So I, I, I always have had uh, an extremely fond uh, experience racing anywhere I've ever gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I'm saying is... It, it's never been an issue with me. I don't care where we got to go. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. I mean, when you understand when I was down there, there was no, nothing. I mean, it was, I went through Arco for four and a half hours. didn't see a human being, you know, and then I pop in this little town and people are looking at like, who are you? You know, and I, I said, you know, he gets a can and pours it in there. I'm like, you know, come over to me trying to sell me, you know, some food. I'm sure I got off my bike and ain't there. And I rode another two hours. didn't see a soul that popped out on the highway. And there's Randy Morales with a Honda van. And, you know, but now I, you know, I, my friends go, oh, they got Walmarts and, you know, yep. Home Depots. I'm like, you're kidding me. And it's not a really, oh, it's oh, yeah. just like National City. I'm like, I would probably just be blown away if I went down there just going, wow, this just, I mean, the modernization, but uh, you know, 25 years, 30 years, things change. Oh, they and change a lot. But yeah, uh, you've been, I mean, you've been down, you've been down south quite a bit. So. Uh, well, since my wife's from Guadalajara, um, we go, we're actually going in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, when this airs, we'll probably have already been and gone and came back. Oh, and um, the, my, my daughter, Paula, that, that helped start ATV talk uh, runs an advertising agency down there. Awesome. Um, so we, um, we go as often as we can to, to, to TJ my wife loves it. I love going down for, for lunch, you know, I mean, love to eat, but it's cool. You got an escort really. I mean, ah, dude, I got everything <laughs> I need right there. And she, she knows the places, knows the language. And she's and tough she, as nails. She, yeah. She would not take crap off anybody. So, yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's I, a lot of fun for me, but I, but I, when I went down before, even with the race teams, um, you know, I would drive down to San Felipe or Ensenada by myself with the race mm-hmm. bike and my pickup. You know, the, the, the cardinal rule, never go by yourself. Sure, yeah. I used to do it all the time. Uh, you know, my schedule never allowed me to go with the team. No, you know, I was either finishing prepping the bike or something going on at the shop where I had to be there for that. You know, and it just it just always never worked out. Um, sure. it's, it's like going to South America, dude. Yeah. That place is amazing. Oh, cool. I loved South America. I drove, uh, Ross and I, we drove when the Baja went for Ensenada and La Paz. We drove that three so weeks. Nice. Three weeks. We were on the little Honda van driving that thing down for three weeks. And you pick the language pretty quick and you feel pretty safe. You get these idiots, you know, driving next to you and kind of eyeballing you as you go over your passenger staring at you like, oh, God, what's this guy wearing? You know, and they pull in front of you and start breaking, hitting their brake lights. And, Okay, I'm gonna beat this guy to death with a baseball bat if he gets out of his car, you know. <laughs> and they end up just turning left and leave, you know. I mean, it's just you're paranoid, you know. I just you can understand. We were 21, 21, 20 year young kid. You just, you know, you just don't know. And like I said, then it was in the middle of nowhere. There was nothing. Now it's I hear, like I said, it's just it's very modernized. I'd probably like I said, I'd probably totally have a totally different attitude towards it if I went down there now because it's just so modernized. Right. But uh yeah, I uh, had my close calls. I mean, was it 88,000 split the semi going into the finish line at night with the lights blazing? 
I go and I start to weave out past the semi. I went around the corner. I went, uh-oh. And I just tucked my elbows in and I felt my both of my arms brush against the, the cabs as I went by it. And my father's behind me in a chase truck, just flashing his lights like, you idiot, what are you doing? You know? And I just, you know, poor time. I'm getting excited. Finishes 30 miles, you know, right there. And I, I could have lost and, you know, I what flooded the valves, broke nine spokes in the front wheel, uh, you know, just just my last stint, my last 50 miles, I almost destroyed the bike. So I know this guy just wanted to hammer that thing and get it. We got second overall. But I mean, the bike was just done. You ever seen those car- cartoons where a car pulls up and just, <laughs> just they fall apart? And that wasn't the bike. I sit it down and went, <laughs> and it just puked over. And some guy bought the bike right there from the track. Where's the bike? How's we steal it? No, I bought it from you right there. Five grand took it. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> it was wide. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but it was toast. I mean, I felt hot oil on my legs and my boots had oil. I rode that thing to death that last 50 mile. I, I started throwing the valve. My dad said the flames coming out of the exhaust when I backed off, you know, and blow a packet on the exhaust. It was just like, I had a ball down there. That's awesome. But, yeah. You, so... How did the steering dampener thing come to be? Uh, I, you know, it, it, I never seen one, heard one, nothing. Like, that's right for team. I was like 35 years old. Team, I got team green by them. They like, hey, Reed was running the thing. And, and I know Reed for a while. And, you know, it was, I don't know if it was just a favoritism or something like that. But, you know, Reed was a really cool. He was really close. Good, you know, good, good manager. And then he goes, yeah, I need, I need some vet guys out there, you know, kicking butt in the, you know, Heron Hounds and Big Sixes. And uh, Johnny Brash uh, was one of the mechanics, and I raced against him. I was riding, I think I was riding my Honda at that time or something like that up at Glen Helen, right before the Big Sixers started. We had the epic battle of death, you know. And I guess Ward got back, you know, hey, the Raiders going pretty fast in the GP stuff and you know, desert. And so they got me a Team Green Ride, which is awesome. Oh, we're going to get you a bike and a half cost. We're going to get you parts. Uh, okay, cool, you know, and we're going to get you a, a you know, dampener. For your bike, well, what's that? The thing that controls, you know, oh, it was Scott's. So I said, okay, you know, that was the norm then, you know, they're loving Scott's. And, and, you know, I it was well done and, you know, both there use their clamps. And I was kind of, you know, and I, I learned to, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it did what it's supposed to do, you know. I don't know if it helped my riding or, or, or hurt my riding, you know, but it was one of those things where. It's it's you start having issues with things, and my father's background is fluid hydraulics. You know, he's a fluid engineer, so we started having some issues with uh, some of the products that we had. You know, not you know some things, and my father's always going, "Hmm, scratch it." Say, kind of like your dad. You know, your dad's the same way. Hmm, okay, well, if we did this and this and this, maybe this would work. Or if we do this and that and that, maybe that would work. And that's kind of how the whole thing got started. Was it got to the point where I was I missed a couple of races and you know I got a couple of back crashes and it was steering damage you know it it, it it either locked up on me or something and you know, and I don't know if it was my fault or or whatever but uh, like I said it's uh, my father just took action pretty much and he just uh, and we hooked up with a guy that uh, uh, was just a little machine shop guy you know in there and he come to me one day and I was riding Husky uh, Husky Army believe it or not. Uh, I got a one year ride with Husqvarna and, uh, he said, Hey, you know, I'm gonna, I got this thing, you know, I'll build a steering dampener. Oh, it's kind of like this one. Oh, yeah, kind of, but it's different. You want to try it out for me, give me your opinion, kind of a thing. I really didn't like, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
the Billy thing, you know, it's like, I, you know, if there's like nothing's there. I need a jester on it. You know what I mean? I start throwing ideas at it. He kind of, well, you know, I don't want to do all that. That's too much work. But my father in the hands of well, if we did this, this, and this, and tried to work with the guy, and the guy just kind of went, you know, like, you know so much about it. Why don't you just buy me out and you build your own? So, okay, fine. What do you got invested into it? Well, I got this much. So basically, wrote him a check, went up there, picked up all his full tooling and fixture, and threw it all in the scrap room. And we said, oh, by the way, here's the new unit, the, the, the 90 version one, you know, the first six clicker we ever built. And, and, uh, I had it on my O2 CRF 450, I think it was. This was the first time I had it. I had it at a national. And, you know, I had the O2 CRF 450 first year they made the Honda Coastway. So, of course, the bike was like, everybody was even on it, you know. And then I had a lot of people come up and start wanting to ride the bike plus. So I was steering down around it. Kirk Sully was one of them. You know, Kurt's like, you know, hey, what, what is this? You know, he's riding Yamaha's then for, for, I think it was. That was a long time a ago. A long time ago. He was riding 135s. Fastest guy I've ever seen on 25. But basically, you know, it, it started out with going all the national hands and letting people try them out in business. Kind of like what I did. You know, I did that for 15, 15 years. You know, taking, going to all these races and just basically having the product there, giving the riders support. And then from there, we started, like I said, just changed it nine different times. You know, nine revisions of it. Because, you know, you run it for a while and something happens, you change it, you know. And it's just like anything else, you know. Evolution. Yeah, we don't have a, a million-dollar R&D team like Owens does, you know, or show or anything like that. You know, we have to rely on our writers. And and just in, we did the basics, and then we kept improving on the basics. And then we kept improving. But biggest problem we ever had, and we still to this day, seals. Seals are our biggest problem. It's, it's the configuration that we have because of the diameters of the, product that we're working with you know the time everything it, it, it requires like our new version 5 it requires a much larger seal top and bottom for the our fours went as far as it could with it um the seal dynamics just wasn't working and we would have a 90 percent success rate you know other than that you know there are some was just problem childs and and it all has to do with compression and has to do with you know geometry it has to do with geometry of the vein i mean there's just so much that has to do with Making the thing work correctly, you know, especially our dam is a little more complicated. So that was having a lot of moving parts. Um, my father figured out, he goes, ah, it's just a, he saw the thing is a fluid manifold. That's all it is. Just manifold, hydraulic manifold. He says, put a adjuster on it. And when it moves, adjusts it, you know, that's his theory, but he had explained it to me a hundred different times. But, <laughs> but, but when it finally come down to it, it was just more of a, Okay, I like this. What do other people like? And then on and on and on and on. You know, we kept going on and on. Then we freestyle guys. Like every freestyle guy ran our version four detonator with freestyle because the, it was low profile and da, 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 da. But actually it was 2006. King Green says, we going to run GPRs next year with our new KX450. And we're not running anybody else. We're running your stuff. Build as a detonator that's under the handlebars, low profile, blah, blah, blah. Ah. Hmm. Okay, went back, and it was funny because my father and I were coming back from a race in Vegas, and we stopped at a restaurant there at the Primrose, and they have a steakhouse. And we're sitting there, and we were talking about it, and uh, drew it up on a napkin. I said, "Well, if we could do this, have a steering scheme that go inside of it, da, 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 ding, ding, all these bells, what's the story?" And we were going back and forth like an hour while we we're eating dinner and driving home. We're talking about it, and when we got home, uh, he. Uh, Drew it up on the cat, you know, and we built the first one and sent six on the team green and they 
and made a bar mount for it and everything like that. Oh, this this is neat. But then again, seal problems, you know, seals. Uh, get a little grain of sand gets in there, and you, you know, you put a seal in there, it still gets in there somehow eventually, and the dirt's just it's a killer. Dirt kills everything. Dirt kills everything. Yeah, I mean, most of the biggest problems that you face in our world, the engine world, is dirt. You know, people don't change the air filter quite, quite enough. You know, a, a breather gets full of dirt. You know, dirt gets into an engine or a shock or something. No matter what you do, dirt gets in. And people just don't seem to understand well, that. Well, force and shocks have wipers, which keeps it out. But we're thinking, how do you, how do you put a wiper in a rotary dam? Push pull dammer. Okay, I can see you putting a wiper. How do you incorporate that? And we tried that. We, we, you know, we we thought about it. I mean, there's stuff that we've done that nobody knows about that I'm embarrassed to even think, you know, tell talk about, which I don't. So, <laughs> so, we we've got a box full of our. If it could have worked, this is what we'd have. <laughs> Especially some of our triple clamps with, you know, and uh, I thought, wow, you'd be really cool. How how many handlebars they bounce up and down, you know? So we made. These triple clamps that had springs in them. So uh, the handlebar mounts actually had springs with elastomers in them. And you go over jump land, the impact would, you know, and it was like, well, that didn't go very far, you know. <laughs> you know, it's just like I had one on my bike and I tested, and I was just geeing out these big downhill jumps, and it was like, oh, this works pretty cool, you know. It, but it just the weight you couldn't couldn't get away from the weight. Well, most of the things that are good and that you have to make durable i mean you have to make everything for the consumer you have to make it bulletproof and super strong and not everybody not everybody can can do that yeah well that's been our forte for a long time people says we overbuild which we probably like our triple clamps you know we overbuild yeah just last thing i want to see is somebody have or one of our products say fails and, and they get hurt you know and um Basically, we've been the same motif with triple clamps and the way we build them up until just recently when we started testing um, twisting flexibility and you know, making the triple clamp work for you. And I was able to work with Pervines and Dalton, you know, National Hound Champ, and the other guys, and they were testing our new the way we you know designed our clamps, the way we machine them all out. Right. And we actually went to the point where our version four Pro Kit to our version five Pro Kit. Is a pound over a pound lighter, so we took a pound out of it. I mean, even the dirt, even the arms on the dirt bike uh, stabilizer for the rear are made out of aluminum now instead of steel. They're black and white, but they're cryoheated, so they're basically stronger than steel. That's two tenths of a pound we took off just the arm. Right, that's so, a lot. That's a lot, and you can feel the difference in the whole kit. You know, um, you know, RBM, Lamat, our, our rubber urethane kits we have. Um, you know, those have to be strong. You know, of course. Uh, we use steel bolts in them, but um, I don't really hear anybody complain about weight on those. You know, most of like the, the freestyle guys, they use just our solid T bone, bone system, you know, just the bar mounts and the T bone. And then, but all of our offer guys, they'll run our RBM system with flex bars. And I'm like, that's kind of overkill, but they're like, no, you know, you hit bumps, you don't feel anything. You know, it takes that. It's, you know, the, the flex bars work well, but they said this. Adds a lot to it, the right? So they kind of redundant, redundant on when it comes to suspension, you know, our handlebars. So, but I listen to a lot of what my guys say, you know, uh, they have to. I mean, I don't race anymore, so I haven't thrown a lower bike in three years. 
Really? It's been that long? A long time, yeah. I still got my Hoosa Bird my mind. It's all my Honda. I love my Honda. I raced that thing a couple years ago. I got a ball of it. Old, old 08, you know, first, last year they had carbureted one. Yep. Oh, that thing was a beast. Uh, a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, I have to listen to everybody. I mean, you know, uh, quad guys, I'd like to get, get a little more feedback out of them. You know, unfortunately, we don't have the, uh, you don't have the, the stable we used to have. As far as right, the right. guys, guys that were going out riding all the time and testing, everybody had to find a job, and everybody, had, you know, everybody had to, you know, buckle down. Not too many guys are, are they're able to handle a product now and just say, you know, go beat this thing to death. Exactly. Yeah. Bring me back to pieces. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bring me back to pieces and let me know how it works. But uh, you know, like the issue we have with our, you know, our, our quads, it's like having the ability to go to your shop and see everything and have a you know availability everything like that man i'd like to be no shows next door to you i mean you know the stuff that collaborate you know with the quads <laughs> the build for them you know but i i gotta have the thing right there on my eye you know on my site but we're getting there i mean i i think the new five kits gonna work well uh, on the quads um once we get everything uh you know we're Working on the Banshee, and we're working on you know a couple of them. We'll have everything by by summer. We should have them all ready, right? You know, and we even even have a we're going old school, going back to the XR four hundred, XR six hundred, XR six fifty. We have all new triple clamp we're building for that that has the version five damper backwards with, and you can run rubber bar mounts. I mean, nobody ever had anything like that. I mean, back then it was just right. you know just here. You know, that was it. You had nothing fancy. But we're going back to old school. We're going to build a really trick. You know, triple clamp for the 600, 650, 400, and have you can rubber bar mounts on it. You know, there are rubber bar mount system, or you can run solid, and it's the five dampener, and it's integrated in the dampener and the triple clamp. Maybe it'd be a total waste of money to do it, but you know, I think I think the guys that have, I still have people buy those kits, you know, and they're like they like to see trick stuff, you know, and I think if I did something like this, this might like. Generating old stuff for old TRX 250 or something. Right? right. It's like, oh, I got two of those well, in my garage. You yeah. know, we're making a Q5 for a Lobo. Yeah, Lobo. See, we, you know, we can, you people know. have Lobos laying around. They're like, well, God, I always wanted a damper for my Lobo. Now somebody makes one. Well, that's just it. You know, if I come out with this, you know, and some guy's got an XR400 in his garage, you know, and said, that's really cool. I want, you know, I got a little bit of money now. My bike's been paid for for 100 years. I got a little extra money. I'm going to put a, Really, you know, I don't want just some you know, random kid on there with it. So I just want something trick. And this, like I said, I we got it all drawn up. It's it's pretty. It's 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 not hard to make. It's just time. Right. I've got one machine that does our triple clamps, and it's backed up for the next month and a half, <laughs> doing nothing but triple clamps. I mean, I can't get away from triple clamps. You know, <laughs> hey, cool. you know, the best thing is, is that you're busy. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, I can't. I mean, so are you? I mean, oh. this is the first time I think you and I in the last three years able to sit down and just chat about anything without you having a phone stuck in your ear or having your wife call you every thirty seconds. Oh or, come on now, she doesn't call me that much. Well, okay, she calls every, me every, every time. Five minutes. Then. Every time you're with me, every she calls time me. she calls constantly. Yeah, every time, like I said, you and I never can sit around and chat because there's always I'm at your place on a Saturday and there's a there's you're you're ankle deep and and crap with people you know yeah they just and i answer the phone for you i, I try to help you build stuff all you get in the way because i don't know what i'm doing uh you it's got too many it's got too many tires on it i guess it has two i can work on it has four well you know i don't have much experience uh riding i've heard a quad before you know i, I actually got offered a ride uh the mojave 250 
Uh, my partner broke both of his ankles the two like four days before the event. Well, remember the guy Elliot? His last name's Elliot. Used to ride Quadzillas. Yes. yes. Well, him and I were, were pals. We we're kind of hanging out back there for the score. And his partner got in here. He goes, "Randy, why don't you race this race with me?" I go, "But you're riding a quad. You're going to ride a motorcycle." He goes, "No, no, I'm going to ride a quad. If I'm riding a quad. Come, come pre-row with me." That was the scariest thing I ever done in my life. <laughs> 500 cc built yeah. factory, you know, a pro race. Oh my god. And I rode the thing for like two hours up there. I had back and said, I'm sorry, man, you're gonna have to ride this thing by yourself. <laughs> and he didn't ride Iron Man and I rode Iron Man. You know, we both rode Iron Man, but man, that thing, 500 cc two star was just an animal. You never have ridden, you've never ridden any of my race bikes, have you? No. Oh, I, I've helped you load a few of them, but I never <laughs> well, the evolution of them. the evolution from where we were in 02 when we started racing works you know, with the Lobo 250R when Eichner was riding it to the KFX 400, the KFX 700 to, <laughs> to, uh, Remember that tank you used to ride that 700? Oh, hey, <laughs> you rode it. You rode it before it was the same weekend of the fires. Yeah. We were, we were up North in, uh, Millville, Millville. That yeah. was Garrett Wilson's track. Yep. And we were racing up there. I remember you brought that thing. And didn't you crash? Didn't you? Didn't no, crash? I didn't you crash. You were my bike in classified. I think I did. Yeah, you were in my classified and you went out there and rode it. But this thing was a. I you rode it right before we went yeah, and left. scared the hell out of me. But I mean, I couldn't believe you got that thing airborne. I'm like, this thing must weigh 500 pounds. It was a 585 like pounds. Yeah, it's like jumping a Harley. And you, I, just, I, go, I got the picture of it. I still have the picture of you in that thing in my office. And I'm like, yep. why would you want to race this thing? I don't get it. Um, bigger, better things, hoping there were more things were going to come from Kawasaki at the time. And, and, uh, it was a gas though. Thing. I loved riding it. You know, it set up this, the 05 season for me mm -hmm. yeah. because on that bike, you, it's a centrifugal clutch. Mm -hmm. So the CVT, you Let's had to go. be in the gas yeah. all the time. So in the, it, it actually teaches you corner speed mm -hmm. because you're got to stay in the throttle. So when you go to a normal conventional, tranny mm -hmm. you're in the gas the whole time as you're driving through the turn so you actually go faster what's you know the, what's the last year they built the new oh nine is that the last year on which bike i like the yamaha i mean they're still building the yamahas right yeah they, they, they was the technology changed much from from when it first came out in nine to eight is now Other the fuel injected machine yeah uh no not a lot it's still chassis the same like that so it's 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 there's a little bit of electronics differences yeah. in the fan system and there's a couple other you know they did some clutching some smogging but stuff technology wise I mean like you said dirt bikes evolution every year they they evolve you know it's for the ATV industry if they evolve that fast I think it would almost cripple us yeah because you can't develop can't product yeah. that fast that's true. Uh, There's not enough factory backing. Been fortunate. What I'm, I think the the trend is. I've noticed that it's like every four years, they'll do something different, especially with dirt bikes. You know, they, they come out. You know, in '09 or in, in '19, Cali came out with a new frame for the 450. What I'm concerned with, you know, frame yeah. out and triple clamp. Uh, you know, the 18 RMZ. But like I, some of the bikes, like I said, but they kept the triple clamp since '09. They haven't mm -hmm. changed it. It's the same. You know, which is great for somebody that sells the product because the less parts you have on your shelf, the better off you are. You right. Know that. So, right. Yeah. And it's if you have to spend all your time R&D and things, how they, you know, how are you going to make shit product? But I know finally, they, they finally changed the Hayabusa. 
<laughs> you know, and it's like, I, you know, it's when you see on TV all the time, ooh, 21 high boost. I'm like, I've been selling that thing since four, 2014, the same damn thing. And I mean, right. overseas, it's a big, I mean, it's huge over in Kuwait and, you know, Saudi Arabia or that, and that and the GSXR 1000R is, I mean, they buy 15, 16 kits a time for me, different colors, all different colors. You know, they got that boost of power, you know, they, <laughs> now I said, now they change like, oh crap, got to make a new one. <laughs> wow. I mean that's that's the life we yeah, live, but right? Still, it's just like you get so you know, every year comes out, you're like, oh, it's the same thing, and it's cool because you don't have to waste R and D time. So what, what I think is cool is, uh, you know, if you think about Yamaha Banshees, you know, they came out with the J arm in eighty seven, eighty eight, ninety, uh, ninety one. They went to the A arm style, and other than electronics, the bike was the same until. Uh, 2006. I did see an 11 uh, in in Canada, I believe it was, and we never stopped developing. You know, Banshee people never stopped developing. That you know, you look at the drag bikes sure. and you look at some of the exotic stuff that people build. You know, they're building trick parts for them. They're doing some crazy stuff with the engines. Well, on the on the flip side, with Doug Roll's help from Roll Design. And Elka, we've came out with a long travel rear suspension that works better in the off-road, better in the desert. So if we wanted to, to, to take this machine and go back out and race it, you could because yeah. the, uh, the, the development of the shocks, the development of the things that, that Roll's done with the front end, you know, Lauren's motors package, I still think is second to none in, a, in, a, in that form. Um, as far as some of the drag stuff, you know, I, I know that people would like us to do more in that. It, it's just so much developmental time. It's crazy. And, you, you know, you know as well as I do. You get a crew and you have to stand there and watch the crew. So your development time mm-hmm. stops so that you can do the normal sales stuff. Yeah. I'm fortunate. I, I have two good salesmen that one of them is like my company controller, you know, and and... And I have another guy that's, that's, uh, you know, everybody rides, you know, or most of the guys in my shop that are, they rode, ridden or ride motorcycles. So they, they know what they're doing. But I've, I've got a, you know, I've got a small crew. We're not, we're not a gigantic corporation, you know, and I got a lot of good guys in there that know what they're doing. But, uh, it's amazing what we get out the door and what we get done and what little, you know, staff we have, you know, um, but uh, it, it, unfortunately, I don't have to sit there and manage, micromanage everybody. And you know, I've got two guys that can run my, you know, run the manufacturing side of the building, which we have, you know, we have 27 CNC mills and right. laser engraver, cutter. I mean, we've got it all in there. We don't, we don't do is welding there right. and anodizing. So, like I said, it's, it, we're busy. You know, we're, what's nice is they see a lot of these shops that go, oh, I got a brand new 3D printer. And oh, that's really cool. I want to take your print apart. Oh, 16 hours. Well, I could take it over there in my mill and I can have them three. You know, if it don't work, I can put another another two, I can have it done. And another one, I can have a production part. And that night, I could be out riding my production part. Right. So I'm not going to spend $60,000 on a 3D printer, which I think the coolest can be. You know, that's that's space age, man. I like that crap. But I'd rather just throw my old hunky door piece of crap, CNC mill, one of my, you know, small ones. And well, my, my dad's got a 3D printer. Yeah, I saw right that. Here, right here. I saw that. The, yeah. the, the, the table that we're actually do, sitting here talking on is my dad's printer table. Yeah, I saw that. I saw and, that. and, 
you know, when you walked in and you started looking at all the pictures on the wall, um, a lot of them are uh, my grandfather is up there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm up there. My brother's up there. Uh, my uncle's up there. My dad's up there and some of his stuff. You know, uh, there's a sand dune, a, a glam, uh, not a glamis, but a buttercup photo uh, taken of Competition Hill uh, back in the 80s. You know, a oh, yeah. uh, customer came and gave that to my dad. Uh, well, yeah, I can imagine your dad with that. Your dad's my dad loves dad tech. Loves he loves tech. He, he's a, he's. A, I'll bet money if you popped your head in the other door there, yeah. he's got his earphones, his ear earplugs in, yeah. watching YouTube videos on how to machine a part yeah. because he's going to be in the in the machine room tomorrow, making something, making something that he learned how to do on YouTube. <laughs> You know, I wouldn't doubt it. I, I your mean, dad's, your dad's legit, man. He's, he's a gangster. Man. 85 years old and still, you know, I mean, your dad's freaking 88, right? No, he's 84. Oh, 84. 84 dude, yeah. He's still legit, too. He's uh, he's the smartest man I know. I mean, he's, you know, I enjoy, we, you know, he drives me in the semi and we go all over the place and that thing. And, and we have these conversations about, you know, that's that's our time. You know, him and I driving the truck and we go to races. And it gives us four, five, six hours to brainstorm stuff. Oh, hell, the version five, you know, we're trying to figure out how to do internal ports. And I'm thinking, well, if we do this, 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 that. And then, no, 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 we're going to do it this way. He pulls over and drew it. And I go, okay, that will work. That'll probably yeah. work. And we went down and, you know, this is, you know, Beginning of last year, we started prototyping this thing, actually playing with it. We started like in March or something like February of last year. You know, we didn't think, well, COVID hits, we're, we're this will be a great time. We're not going to go to race, blah, 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 you know. And we went, it was a Glen Helen thing, the last round we went to. And then in between that, you know, he hurt his back so bad, the fact that he's in a wheelchair now. So, and, you know, we're supposed to go on this Wednesday and have some more scans done and stuff. They postponed it and he's not too happy about it. But, you know, trying to get him fixed, you know, so he can get back on the all he cares is get back on the truck, go back driving. But he's the kind of guy that's worked his whole life. Right. He worked to, I mean, he worked till the day he couldn't walk anymore. You know, he says, I can't come to work today, kid. My my legs aren't working. Oh, okay, Dad, I'll no problem. You know, if you need anything, oh no, I'm good. You know, it was like and it's been a year now and he drove out he he's not a happy camper, let's put it this way. He misses <laughs> going to the track and I mean, he does a lot. I mean, I miss going to track. I mean, COVID thing was a, it's a nightmare for everybody, I, you know. And I'm glad it's finally starting to calm down. But like I said, it, it, it going to the races and doing sales and doing repairs, what's what we do, I can't do it by myself. You know, it's, it's I tried it one time. It was a nightmare. I was up till one or two in the morning. And people keep saying, oh, man, when you come back to the races, it, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know. Here I got this big truck sitting in this big so I decked it all out, carbon fiber in it, printed and polished it. Oh, it's pretty. It's like a you know diamond and a goat's butt ready to go to the track. And there it sits. You know, right. I had to put batteries in a thing that's sitting so long. You know, it's just I, I miss it. I miss all the people, I miss the camaraderie, I miss just the excitement of being at the track. And hey man, the weekends are boring now. <laughs> I feel yeah, I like I like my I love my wife, but damn, it gets boring. I can only take <laughs> And I take the dog swimming to the beach so many times. I go to Julian so many times, you know. 
And I want to take the boat out, you know, but that's a box. You know, we got a big boat. You've been on our boat. Yeah. You throw it up on my boat all the time. And I threw up on the dock. The dock. No. Okay. Well, you yeah. got sick in the boat. We yeah. Up, so. Yeah. But uh, I haven't had that thing out. I had a bunch of work done to it and haven't had it out. It's like, but it's just so much work. You know, you work, you know, 20, 12 hours. You know, you get home, you get up Saturday morning, like, Ugh. No, I don't know what the getting up Saturday morning and not doing anything is because you got to work on Saturday. Well, you know, I, I, I work at Duncan Racing and then I have a, you know, you ha I have the, the shop here mm -hmm. where I build and prep race bikes for people. And uh, even though I haven't been going to the races, it's still full sure. and I'm still building machines out there. And with as busy as we are at Duncan, I get up on Saturday morning, I go train. I go to the shop and I usually have anywhere from one to three appointments. Mm -hmm. And then I have a shop task that I have to take care of, um, whatever that be. And then on Sunday morning, I'm supposed to be able to get up late. But, <laughs> you know, I had this crazy idea that, you know, we could do this podcast thing and it would be easy and it wouldn't be time consuming. And now Sunday mornings, we get up and go do videos. Anything worth, anything worth doing right takes time. Oh, this, nobody even has a clue how long this takes. And if, if they really knew what it took to make a, one episode, it would deter them from doing it. Or a tech guy, uh, you know, my daughter Valeria might be able to do this on her own uh, because she can edit, she can shoot the video, she can do all the stuff. Right. Me? I can't do it without all those people because I don't even, I can barely well, turn the computer on. I mean, you work, you get out there on Saturday. I mean, my guys won't work Saturday. I mean, it just... I've had somebody say, hey, guys, want to come on Saturday? It's like I asked them to donate a loan, you know, just, <laughs> it just crickets. I'm like, come on, you know, we work half day Saturday. I'll buy lunch. You know, nothing. And then yeah. they whine, you know, about money a lot of times. I'm like, I offer you overtime. And I mean, you don't want it. And yeah. the thing is, it's like, you know, we work 7 to 3 there. They come rolling in, you know, some, you know half my guys are there at 7. Rolling out. Some of my guys rolling five minutes later. But man, three thirty, all you hear Crickets. is smell is rubber burning, yeah. doors slamming. Right. It's supposed to. I said you guys are supposed to work till three thirty. Check up, then go home. Right. Not not punch out at three thirty and leave skid marks out the door. Right. They do that. Right. I walk out through something. Like, uh, where the hell did I go? <laughs> you know. And everything. All the machines are still on. The lights are on. You know, everything. Yeah. And I spin. You know, I open the door and I close the door every day. You know, and it's like I go in there and I shut everything off. And there's lights on the radios on and you know heaters on and there's i go through there like 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 a bunch of 12 year old or 10 year olds in the house you know just rah, and i have to go and down and clean out. behind them you know but uh that's my i, I usually stack an hour that's my quiet time phone rings i'll listen to it you know i i, I go there and make sure i got parts ready to take the weld you know i'm still the errand boy vice president i'm the i'm the errand boy i take everything to the weld shop i pick up this i go deal with that i go you know, I do all the crap like that, the running around, but you know, it's okay. You know, as long as I know it's getting done, you know, that's why I, some of these things you just can't let somebody else do. You know, well, now, you're a one man show down there. Shit, you don't have. Well, I have help. help really. I have help at times. Well, I'm gonna be not, not, a, not a continuous help. You know? you know, I'm a, I'm a good by myself guy. I've been by Fair myself. Enough. I've been by myself so much. That uh, you need help down there. I do need help, but I like to just be by myself. The phone. You need, you need people just answer the phone. I've asked the phone and people start asking me questions. I go, I don't know. <laughs> you have to talk to Litter about that. Uh, 
Well, don't you know? I just answer the phones. <laughs> I'm the maid. No speaking English. You know? like, <laughs> no speaking English. No, no comprende. Uh, well, we get Tristan. I get Tristan in there, and he does the same thing. He'll go. They'll go on and on, and he goes. I have to get someone I to talk to you because I, I don't to know. Get someone to help you. I can't <laughs> help you. I know. And the thing, and it's uh, just like someone asked me, they'll call and I'll, I see the phone ring and I'll, you know, the, you know, we got 16 damn lines though, it seems like we got six lines. Already. But, uh, you know, after, I'll pick it up. Yeah, I'll blow GPR. You know, and they'll, you know, and they'll start talking about something about shipping. I'll like, let me pitch the call. Well, can't you help me? No, I don't know anything about shipping. I used to do it a long time ago. Yeah, I did everything. I manufactured the part, I packaged the part, I put the part together. You know, I shipped the part. I did all that when it was you know twelve kits a month. Right. You know, I can't even. I can't even. Uh, I still help packaging. I still like some days I will package parts for two three hours. You know, but usually you know these guys will do a bunch of stuff in there, and in the afternoons they package and ship their you know UPS and their wide open UPS. But, like I said, it's just everybody down there has a, everybody wears a badge, a long badge. You know, they don't just do one thing, except for my machines. They're machines. Or once in a while, they'll grab a room and sweep the floor. But you ask them to sweep the floor and they look at you like you just asked them to slap their mother. You know, they don't, <laughs> you know, it's like, do what? Sweep the floor? You know, yeah, you're ankle deep in crap in your, you know, your area. Or my brother in law is, is, he's our shop manager. He runs the machine shop and he basically does setups and stuff. And I looked at his office the other day, and man, I built I built him a really nice office, air conditioning, and everything, and TV in there. And my God, I mean, it just Trent, please clean this hole up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it just please, if somebody showed up, I mean, come here, and, you know, showing people around, they look. I'd be. It looks like somebody dumped. Looks like a dump site in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Coffee stains on the floor. Microwaves got crapping and I you know it's just mm. please clean up you know and now exact like he's our programmer I gave him my father's office which is that big the nice one big which you can ride bring bikes in and that's where our laser edge machine is and uh, he's really cool he keeps everything clean and he's he's quite the nerdy clean guy you know and but like I said my old man did a lot of the programming stuff and have a lot of ideas but you know I miss him dearly down there I mean we He's my best friend. I mean, we 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 have a good time together. I, I take him grocery shopping on the weekends. You know, he's in his wheelchair and he's pushing the cart, and I'm pushing him. We're just a big freight train going through Walmart, you know, running over things. But Zach, the thing I like about Zach is Zach, I want this, 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 and he goes, okay, you know. And an hour later, comes back. Is this what you want? Yeah, go build it. Go build it. Okay, here you go. Great. Make me fifty of those. Okay. No complaints. No. My father talks me out of everything. Oh no no no! You want to do? He 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 has his way, and I have my way of doing things. And I'm not an engineer by any trade like he is, but I still think I have a lot of engineering tracks. You know, I know I know you know what, and and I get some backing from like my salesman. I I get this because I have no schooling other than high school. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a metallurgist. But I love talking to those guys because then they'll tell me, well, you can do this. And I go, wait a minute, guys. You can't. You know why? Here, this yeah. is your idea. Yeah. This is our, this is what we do mm-hmm. with your idea, mm-hmm. you know? And they're this, the, the, the jaw drops and they go, what, what do you mean? Well, they get, just don't get it. I get phone calls like that all the time with people who want to do something. I go, that's not probably the smartest thing to do. 
and they're dead set on it and they will argue to death. And I used Knock to argue with them. Out. And now I just go, you know what, brother? You do, you do that, boy. You do that. You go ahead and you do whatever you want. But when it blows up in your face, don't come crying to me. Just like you with that other guy there, you know, ride the bench. Tell you what, I can do this, that, that. You do what you want. It's your bike. You paid for it. You blow that quad up. Don't come crying back to me. And what he right. did, he brought it back. I was all screwed up that one banshee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all screwed up. So it's like, you can't talk sense to the people. And they look at you like you're an idiot. But you got to understand, I know what it builds the product. But he went out and broke it. Yeah. And know. then he understood exactly what yeah, I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came back with his hat in his hand. Yeah. I got I got people that just, well, I want to do this, this, and this with my dad. And I want to build it like I want to borrow and I go, you can't do that. You know, you're putting so much stress on the tin liner bolt and it's going to break, blah, blah, blah. And then like I said, and now I just go, yeah, so the great idea, knock yourself out. <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't argue with people anymore. It's like, it wastes my time. I feel like an idiot arguing with them. Like, you know what, brother, it's your bike. Oh, should I do this? Should I do that? I'm like, you know what, brother, it's your bike. You, you're riding it. You do, do you. whatever you want. You do you. you. You bought my product. And if you break it, I'll do my best to fix it. But you know what? If 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 you break it and then break it again, and it's because you're set up wrong, you gotta have to listen to me. And I've had a few people, you know, oh okay, well, I'm doing it wrong. You know, uh, I got a barman off a of Yamaha, a Honda. Why isn't it working? Um, uh, um, <laughs> different bike? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe because it's a different offset. People don't. The whole concept is on the dirt bike or street bike is rotary dampers have to be mounted on center. Line. In other words, the shaft comes out of the bottom, has to be right over center, or don't work properly. Unless you got some kind of funky linkage or something that moves and like some of the companies make, you know, that just weird, you know, that makes everything feel weird when they ride. But anyway, um, people don't get that. Well, I got the bar mount off my 03, huh? My KTM, and I put it on my 21 KTM. Well, dude, that's a decade, you know, that's there's no way. Why are you trying to save a nickel? And then the guy's trying to say, well, how come it doesn't work? You know, you. It's a it's a complete different. Well, it bolts up, yeah. It's still ninety millimeters left or right, but the offset's completely different. Yeah, and they don't understand that. I have to explain it to them, and they still don't get it. And I go, you know what? You just take ride care. that bike as much as you just you go do it, boy. You know, and then just <laughs> that call back, my dad's weak. Well, I, I tried to tell you. Then they spend, you know, how much is the bar mount? X amount of dollars. Boom, good. Well. You know, I'm sorry. I wish that I could build one product and it fits every single bike all the way the rest of your life. But, you know, if you buy a Ford F-150 in 2003 and you you try to put parts off that on a 2021 Ford F-150, it ain't going to fit. Right. And we're no different. It's 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 the the same same thing with industry. You're no different. Right. Is there anything in a quad industry that will go from one bike to another? (sighs) Barely. Uh, there's nothing a on a couple Honda different that, wheels. Well, there's nothing it. on a Honda that's going to fit a Yamaha. No, nope. nothing on a KTM or a, it's a KTM crap. Nothing fits on a KTM, but uh, nothing fits on a Banshee. Fits on you know nothing. Maybe the stem size is the same on the two Yamahas, but other than no, that, it's com- not. Yeah, that's right. It's it's bigger. <laughs> it's not that yeah, so that's what I mean. It's just like it's like they don't understand that you know when it comes to other parts and they get pissed off when they have to buy a new part. And they get mad at me. I'm like, oh. yell at Yamaha or, or yeah, Kawasaki yeah. or Suzuki. Or when they, you know, they cartwheel the thing. Hey, my bar mount's bent. You owe me a new bar mount. Why do I owe you a new bar mount? Well, my kid cartwheeled the bike and the bar mount bent. Great. Okay. Then why do you want me to warranty it? You know, you crashed. Yeah, you crashed it. I said, well, how about how's your silencer look? Oh, it's been crap. Oh, my subframe's been. Did you call Kawasaki and FMF telling me you want a brand new subframe test? 
well, why would I want to do that? And look yeah. at the guy I'm on the phone, the guy, I'm like, uh, why are you calling me? Why are you telling me? Why, yeah, why, why are you me? calling me? Well, they shouldn't have bent. Well, neither should the subframe then either. You, I see your kid cart with his bike in fourth gear wide open. You know, it's like, uh, something's got to give. If it's, I make it non-breakable, yeah. something else is going to break. I said, dude, yeah, they broke your handlebars, you know, or something. But I said, yeah, it's just like, and it's just, you know, God bless her, but you got to take it with a grain of salt. I, I don't get mad at anybody. I just laugh. I laugh now. I just laugh. It, and I, I try to be as helpful as possible. I don't insult anybody, you know. Somebody doesn't get it. I don't I don't make them feel stupid, you know. I, I it's you know, I try I'm, I'm very lucky that I've got Paul and Howie. They're both excellent salesmen. And they Paul will explain everything to you to the T. I mean, he leaves no and I've had people call me and go, man, that Paul guy is like, yeah, but he wastes 35 minutes on the phone and doesn't sell anything. <laughs> that's, that's the business part behind me in my back of my head going, he's on the phone for 35 have you been minutes. Talking to, have you been talking to your Lauren? brother? Yeah, that's like your brother. I was talking, he's on the phone for 35 minutes and didn't sell anything. You know, what are you doing, Paul? You know, I, I used to get mad with Paul, man, you're on the phone for an hour and a half. This guy, did you sell anything? No. Well, Jesus, you know, there's phones. Five you had lines. five lines going. Well, yeah, because yeah, of sales, you know, but I don't do that anymore. I just go, you know what, Doug, you do what you got to do because people are happy. You know, if he, if he makes one person happy, you know, explaining well, everything to him. The, 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 you know, the tech line thing is, is it's a difficult, it's a difficult deal, especially when you have a lot of jobs in the shop, yep. in my world, you know, because there's days when I do not want to do tech. I want to, I have this job that has to go and this job that has to go. Yeah. And then I'm on the phone and that's the day the phone is. Blows up. There's 30 minutes to 40 minute tech calls mm-hmm. back to back to back to back. And it was seven o'clock when you picked up the first call and oh, it's man. noon. Yeah, it's noon. And you're like, Where'd my oh man. Yeah, I get, uh, I, I, I dread some of those calls too, but it's not been that bad. Um, I get, I get calls. Why don't you make that kit for my bike? Calls. <laughs> Angry people. Why don't you make that for my 2002 Ducati XYZ-155 or something? You know what I mean? I'm like, I never even heard of the damn thing. Because they only made five of them. Yeah, they only made one. You know what I mean? It's just like I get a lot of calls, for, you know, and I, you know, and it's like, I'm sorry, I already on emails. You know, we get our emails. I go in every morning. Of course, the first thing I do is my emails. And it's like, sorry, man, we don't make a kit for that bike. And then they got a call. Why not? You know, guy's just flaming mad because I don't make a kit for his bike. I'm like, sir, I've never heard of that bike before. <laughs> and, but the, you know what the hardest thing is? The Harleys. Yeah. They are a mother. Uh, they are so many. I mean, our Harley's, I mean, we make a kit for Harley. We make, you know, we're the only ones that make a kit for Harley. And it's, it's sales are fantastic. We sell Thailand. We sell all over the world. And people love it, you know. And, but the thing is, they start, yeah, I got this, this, and this. I'm like, uh, is that a motorcycle? Yeah. You know, they go, well, yeah, the Harley. Like, I insulted them. I'm like, I'm sorry, bud. I just, I don't know all the, all the models. <laughs> well, it's a 1992, blah, 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 blah. Well, that doesn't. That didn't help me. <laughs> that doesn't help me. It doesn't, I don't hear a bell going off in my head. I go, let me look it up. I go, oh crap. Yeah. That, uh, uh, yeah. It looks like a ton of stuff we make. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You know, does it fit or what? And the guy was really pressuring me. You know, it's like four or five calls like that a month. You know, I'm like, man, honestly, brother, I've never heard of that bike before. <laughs> you know, and, and I feel like an idiot. I can call a Harley shop. Hey guys, uh, that's not like an idiot, but what is this? Oh, that's a, that, that's a piece of crap. Nobody makes parts for it. Oh, okay. Don't feel bad. All right. You know, <laughs> San Diego Customs are really, really cool guys. They, uh, they help us get started on the Harley stuff and, and they'll answer any call. You know, I call them, hey, Chip, man, I'm sorry to bother you. 
What's up, man? Oh, I hang up on you every time you. Call I know me. you do. I I, call, I never have quad questions. I don't care. I know you. Can, you just quads. you just give them my phone number and yeah, they call exactly, me direct. Exactly. Guy calls about quad. Well, you know, a guy named Leonard at Duncan Racing. No, well, this is the guy. He he's our man. You call him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I throw you on the bus every chance I can get. I, I, I don't know some of these questions. They ask me about motor stuff, and then I'm like, pipes. The guy asked me about a pipe. I go, and he goes, yeah. What would you recommend for you know what kind of pipe? You know, Duncan Race pipe. I was like, uh, the round one, <laughs> the blue one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the pretty pink one. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I get a couple Here's steering dampener motorcycle sales a year, yeah. and I have to call you and ask, "Hey, does you make a dampener for this? And what should I sell this guy?" You know, and then it's, sometimes you just go, "Just give my phone number and call me." Yeah, it's like don't waste any more my time. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I get call calls. I do, and it's like, you know, what do I need to do to do this. I'm like, uh, buy a motorcycle. <laughs> you, <really call? laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like I, I don't have, I don't have, I'm not the answer guy. Sometimes I have my days though. Right. I have my days that I'm, I know my brain works. And there's days I'm just like, click. <laughs> don't answer nothing today. Uh, when did, uh, when did you stop racing seriously? Jeez. Uh, wow. Uh, I think when, when, remember Kawasaki came out that 650 Cali four stroke, the KLX. Yeah. The first year. But it was a long time. That was a long time ago. I got... Um, the KLX. The KLX. I got that bike through Kawasaki. They wanted me to go race it. I'm like, cool. That's not a race bike, is it? It was. When I got done with it, you know, I made it a race bike. Um, I think when I stopped racing was probably right around there. Um, I tried to race it. Um, remember the Prilia 550, the twin cylinder? You ever seen that motor, motocross bike? It's Vaguely. A dual, it's a dual sport bike. It's got a small twin cylinder. They have twin exhaust coming out. It's, a, it's made by a pillar. Oh, yeah. it's a lovely sounding motorcycle. Electric start. I pulled up that a lot. I, I, my father saw it and uh, at, uh, we went to a uh, uh, Ducati dealership to get a, one of the Ducati 848s to do some do, uh, do some work on it. And he saw it sitting there. He just goes, man, that is just a wild looking motorcycle. And I go, yeah, it's a dual sport. It's got taillights and everything on it. So, but as I, I go, that thing's a 550. I bet that thing would rip it out of Atlanta. And my dad's like, okay, let's, well, so he went over and bought it. He took it back to the shop. We stripped it in the frame and we just took all the headlights and everything, all the wiring and really did it. And we made it into a motocross bike. Now, I know Aprilia tried to race that in the world championship one year, but it was the, it was uh, not a 550, it was a 250, it was a twin cylinder. And I guess it did pretty well, but there was a lot of liability problems. But man, I tell you, isn't that, that with thing, everything Aprilia makes? No, that was I had a, that was a great bike. I enjoyed it. It was <laughs> it was fun because I raced out a lot of RP with it. And it's like you know, hey, drop the banner, right? like to start, got on the front straight, turn the next one, go straight. And if I could see, dropping 115, 120 miles an hour down the straight, blowing yeah. by people, I got ears flapping back and like cartoons. I'm like, holy crap, this thing's flying and going across the whoops. And I had precision or not precision, but uh, see who did the suspension? I think Race Tech did the suspension. But it was just, and, but the bad thing about the bike, it didn't have a down tube. It was the motor was connected and then there's no down tube. So it flexed. So I went ripping down there and I'm the first lap, just hell bit for hardware. And I come out of the desert 
and I go up on that road, and I'm flying on this road. And if people probably, if they race that line, they probably know we're by the prison. Yep. But down that asphalt road, and then it drops off to the left, and then the whoops, I dropped out, landed. Next thing I know, I woke up and I was in the bushes. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell happened? I rode the bike and I pick it up, hit the bike, go back up, rah, took off again. You know, go to the motocross track, have a ball, come back through there, whip in the same place again, hauling butt in the dust. Next thing I know, I'm in the bushes again. <laughs> just I, diving in. I couldn't. I for the life of me, I'm like, I come rolling the pits and I'm bleeding and I'm, I'm like, my dad, what's wrong? I go, I don't know. I crashed twice. I don't know how the hell I did it. Well, come to find out, we we got back to the shop, took everything off. The frame was flexing so bad that the front wheel was going up, hitting the motor and stopping the front wheel. Oh! So when I landed off that thing, it would land because the rake was tucked in. Uh huh. The things were tucked in because it was set up like enduro riding, mm-hmm. and that thing. Pow drove me into the ground so hard. I, I was bleeding my ears. I hit so hard. But I swear, man, that thing was a rocket. I love that bike. I didn't want to get rid of it. I was sitting in my showroom one day. I had my showroom down there. And this guy come in and just, you can see just drool come out of the corner of his, his mouth and his eyes. Just, he's talking to me, but his eyes staring at the bike. He's going, my God, that is a beautiful bike. What is that? I said, that's a pretty 550. That thing's gorgeous. You know, I had a motocross number plate on it. I had it all chopped. And the guy says, I got to have that thing. I want it. Okay. Old number. He wrote me a check. Cash check. It's yours. And I saw the guy probably three or four years later go, do you ever ride that bike? Oh, no. It's, it's in my collection. Uh, He's like, well, because they race, they actually race that bike in Baja. Uh, the, we made a steer damage kit for it. They only came out two years, I think, with bikes. Like that. Ty Davis had one. And- How'd they fix the front end? They didn't. They just dumbasses don't race and don't race GPs with them. <laughs> so you don't do you don't you don't get a three hundred pound rider on a two hundred fifty pound bike going a hundred miles an hour. I mean, I hit the ground hard. I mean, hard. I it was just I never hit the ground that hard. I mean, I've crashed a lot in my life, and that re- I'll never forget those two crashes. Like. And I think the thing is, I didn't get hurt, but I was scraped up. I was hurt. I, I couldn't move for two days. I was hurting from every orifice of my body. But it's like, I hit the ground so hard. I mean, I was 30 feet from the bike when I, I got on the ground. I go, Did somebody just drop me out of an airplane or something? I'm like, I thought like, my shoe didn't move. Crap, you know? And I go, and people are going by looking at me. I'm like, hi. You know, and I was just delirious. My visor's gone. My goggles are all blown out, you know? I swear it was, it was, it was nuts. It was nuts. And uh, I would throw the bike. The bike didn't have a scratch on it. I guess when I augered in, it just popped back and threw me over the bars. And it rolled over and fell over like a dead duck. But <laughs> actually bent the frame like that. Wow. They go, your frame's like, you know, levered out in inward. Your frame's levered inward about four degrees, five degrees. And you see all the paint cracking and everything like that. I go, oh. Okay, so I put a new frame on it and put it in the showroom and sold it. Uh, that's crazy. Oh, that was a bitch bike. Oh, God, that was such a neat bike. What about that Can-Am that you raced? Uh, I rode for Can-Am in 83. I, I was I was riding GPs, and and, uh, and that's when SR Grand Prix was a big deal. You know? Right. It still is. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. But it was pretty hot and heavy, you know, and this I was riding for... Honda guys, the shop out of Temecula, I think it was, or it's not Temecula, but uh, what's that? Him at, him at Honda. Mm-hmm. It was a privateer team. There was like five guys in the team. Where I was riding 500, 255. And I won the championship that year. And then a uh, guy from Performance 
cycles in Anaheim was a Can Am was a Can Am dealer. How would you like to ride Can Am's next year? I go, what's a Can Am? <laughs> and he goes, it's not. It's a 1983 brand new bike, mono, blah blah blah. We're gonna sign you for a one year deal. You're gonna be our race center test rider, blah blah blah. Okay, awesome. Let's go. You know, so they drag this two stroke monstrosity. I go pick it up, you know, and it had serial number zero one on it. This first one built. Two-stroke, 500cc, two-stroke, air-cooled. I mean, it looked like a giant porcupine head, like the old bike. Right, right, right. Single shock, you know, Marzaki forks. And I broke that thing in a million pieces the first time I rode it. I broke spokes. I broke linkages. My father actually designed it with a ditch and carrier that hold the bottom shock bolt. I blew shocks. I broke subframes. I blew the seats. Every race that I rode the thing, I'd blow the seat off it because the tabs, so he made them out of titanium, and they never broke again. So... Uh, I rode 83, uh, and then the, uh, wanted me to ride the, uh, four stroke, the 501 Sonic. But seeing 83, they go, you're going to go ride 500cc motocross, AMA with 500 motocross at Glen Helen. And you're going to ride not Glen Helen, but, uh, Saddleback. I'm going, oh, really? I'm 18 years old, you know, how am I going to do that? Well, you're going to, you're signed up already. You're going to ride, you're going to ride that. Uh, I pulled those fires, Brock Lover, Dan McGooch Avenue. Everybody's looking like, what are you riding? White and orange bike. Can and decals on it, you know, two stroke. Mm, okay, you know, gate drop, rah, top the hill, and that's where the, the suicide dropped, the big bonsai hill. And down the hill and around, and they had a Magoo double jump. I don't know if you remember that, that salad. Uh, uh, vaguely. I got ripping through their first life, boom, click, land, gas tank splits in half. Tanks now have fiberglass. And I hit it and just steam. I jumped off the bike. Holy crap, what happened, you know? That was my that was my first national. And that was it. And then we went to Tennessee. Were you mid pack or were you I don't even know where the hell I was. It was I was just riding. You know, I was out there just odd. Ooh, look, Brock, look, wow, follow him. You know, oh look, David McGoo, you know, Schultz, Daryl Schultz, you know. It's like these guys are you know, gods to me. You know, they're all from my neighborhood, you know. Right. Uh, Ricky, you know, I kind of kind of grew up with Ricky a little bit, you know. Um we'd see each other we rode the same test tracks and stuff and and what, what, what scared Ricky was, is I was on my XR600 chasing him on a, he's on a syrup. I'm on my XR600 chasing around a motocross track down on Otai and jumping on these big ridges. And so I got a magazine photo of me just geeing this XR600 out and dragging the frame. You can just hear the tires and wheels just screaming. In my head. <laughs> I'm going to hit so hard. It was in a magazine and Ricky was out that day doing a photo shoot. And they, I said, he was jumping. I go, you sissy, that ain't jumping. Watch. And I went off this ledge. And when I jeep that thing at the bottom, I almost went flat bottom like a 40, 50 foot cliff. That hurt. I hurt a lot. I had to pull them and cry for a little bit. They didn't know that. <laughs> but uh, Ricky was out that day. But uh, we started, I rode my 500 CR2. And every, it's like every time I go out there, there he is. He's out there and chasing him, chasing him, you know, just man, kids fast. I mean, he's just, you know, and uh, I would chase him to the sudden. I started to go on the inside of him. And he hit something and just cartwheeled. I mean, just violently. He must have rolled five or six times. Just shredded him. I stopped like, oh, you all right, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Looks at me. What time is it? Well, it's four o'clock. Oh, I think I cleaned up. I got to go catch a flight to Ohio. It flies to Ohio for the race and wins the damn national. <laughs> you know? He just threw himself on the just, ground. I mean, just he's elbows and shoulder. He was bleeding everywhere. And this was on like a Thursday. And he and I found out that we that Saturday or whatever he won the 500 national. You know, I'm like, wow. I was chasing Rick Johnson. I could, I could never do it. He, you know, I was good for like two laps. That was about it. But he, we, where I ran into him too was Speedway 117's uh, jump contest. 
Ricky and I were in a junk contest. He beat me by one foot in the two foot of the junk contest. I had a break of the transmission on my bike because uh, I came down sideways and slapped the, slapped the gears in the old YZ4 or 65 or something like that. Yeah, Ricky beat me in a jump contest. So, And that guy could jump. Yeah, he was on a YZ250. So that's when Marty Motes is out there on a Rokan electric, uh, uh, automatic bike. Ah, yeah. It was like, you know, dating myself now. So. Yeah. Hear that? Speed 117? I love that place. Yeah, that was like, it's like right where our office is now. My, right. my shop's like almost on top of the, the place where they built it, but yeah, I used to go there. I used what I do. I do Wednesday night moto. Uh, then I'd go Thursday night somewhere. Then I race Friday at uh, another track at night, and then Saturday at uh, um, Saddleback, and then Sunday at Carlsbad. That was my regiment. When I was racing. When I was riding eighty two, eighty three. When I was riding Yamaha's. In eighty one, eighty two, I was riding the guy. They sent me. I was a puppet boy. They sent me over every track. I had a fleet of bikes, you know, it was out of just a shop downtown San Diego. They had me. I loved it, man. I got out of school, go down there and hang out. Go bikes, ride. Go ride. We go out riding. But the Canon deal was fun. Uh, but honestly, you know, getting back to the original question you asked, uh, I, I don't really know. I think it was right after uh, I hurt my shoulder really bad. I let off a jump and I did. It actually dislocated. And uh, I, it wouldn't heal. So I figure either can't scratch my own butt or keep racing. So, you know, keep racing, can't scratch my own butt or, you know what I mean? It's like I had to decide and I was getting up there in age. I was probably, you know, 2010, I rode the uh, Catalina Grand Prix, which was, you know, you got to do that once in a lifetime thing. I ended up getting actually getting hurt. I, I bruised my Achilles tendon so bad that I walked with a limp for a year. It would just wouldn't heal. But probably 2010, but I had some good rides. Uh, I rode a few of the, you know, my friends egged me on. Come on, you sissy, come race GP with us at Glen Ellen. And I'm there already, you know, come on, you know. And I had to go out there and shut him up, you know. And I started to row behind him and caught him and passed him and almost lapped him at two different races. So they all quit riding. And I, you know, that was pretty much it for me. <laughs> but serious, you know, serious racing. I mean, hey, I gave it up when I was. You know, way back when, you know, when you were actually training and, and in your twenties, yeah, when I was training and not chasing, you know, chasing tail and you know, hanging with my friend. You know, what I mean, it was like my friends all raced too, so we were all always on bikes. We were either at the river riding jet skis or we were motorcycles, you know, or we we what we call it the all sports weekend. We would load up with somebody's truck and trailer and thing. We go to Arizona and we shoot riding bike, mountain bikes, motorcycles, and jet skis, and we do that almost twice a month. You know, it was just all of us in a big group. We're all single idiots, you know, just having fun. But and that's uh, what it was. That was all about. That's was all about, you know. And it was, it's like I couldn't do that anymore. I mean, you know, I I I still like motorcycles. I love them. You know, it's my passion. That's that's why I'm in this industry. It's like it's so cool to be in this industry. I was, I was in aerospace for a long time, and it, it just you're doing other people's parts, and it just wasn't exciting. I want to do my own thing, you know. But it's so neat to sit down at a table and draw something up and then see it actually work and then see somebody have it on their bike and then say good things about it. You know, it's just satisfying. Kind of like you guys build a bike and somebody just, you know, gush over it, you know, and seeing the magazines and stuff and people enjoy it. You guys get something out of that, you know, working for somebody else, like with the aerospace industry, you just didn't get it, you know, Oh, there's a boat aircraft. Yeah. Our parts on the landing here somewhere. You know what I mean? When I'm flying, you know, you just don't, you don't get it. But I mean, it's nothing like owning your own business when you, 
the satisfaction of having somebody just go, wow, man, you know, I bought one of your kits or I bought this. I love the thing. It worked. It's sick. And I hear a lot, a lot of times, especially in sport bikes, saved my life. You know, it saved my life. And a guy coming back from Vegas, uh, just outside of uh, uh, Atlanta, and he's on the 395 or 15, I guess it is 15. And he was in a group of guys and he was on an R1 and ripping along, you know, 80 miles an hour. He actually looked back to see, you know, what his friend was doing. He was guys and looked up. And it was a two by four on the freeway. And he has damage turned up. He hit that thing. He said, his buddy said the bike bounced in the air, threw him off the bike. He was like five feet above the bike, came straight down on top of the bike, landed his chest and his, on the gas thing, slapped his hands and his feet on the ground, on the asphalt at 80 miles an hour. And then he stood straight up like that. And the bike was still going straight. Bike didn't move. Didn't head shake nothing. Damn near kept the bike straight line. And the guy says that literally saved my life. Because he said, look behind their semi trucks locking it up, cars sliding everywhere. They thought he was a goner. They thought he was going down. Right. He said he moved over like two feet in that year. And all of his friends go, call, I'm buying down there now. And they all bought him. You know, they all their whole gang old crew bought him. You know, it was just, <laughs> you know, and the guy says, literally saved my life. That's crazy. So, yeah. And it's, 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 you know, good thing it didn't hurt, but I mean, I, I, it's, it's just satisfying, you know, you made somebody else happy. You know, we go out of our way. I mean, we, we don't nickel down people to death. They call me, hey man, I lost my pin. I'll send them a pin. Hell, if, you know, it's a $15 pin plus shipping. I just send it to them, you know, here. What do you think? Nah, you know, hey, lost some bolts here, some bolts. You know, hey, you know, we service damage for free. Nobody does that. You know, no. Nobody serves it for free. Can't get service for most people. Don't realize they got to service the damn. Yeah, and then oh, that's true too. But a lot of people, you know, and then if they do service it, we, you know, we will replace parts in it that we feel that deemed not something's wrong with it. We'll change the impeller. Feel fifty dollar impeller. We'll change the body. Hundred fifteen dollars for the body, but we don't charge the customer because we consider that a manufactured defect. If it doesn't wear, if it wears like that, something's wrong. But we do get the guys that. You know, people, guys, girls, whoever, that don't follow the rules. You know, they don't set their bike up correctly. You know, we strictly say the pin height has to be here, this and this and that. And for some reason, that gets out of whack. It does a lot of damage to the bottom of it. I mean, we give them one, you know, okay, hey, this is what happened. Fair warning. We fixed everything. It's like brand new. You know, you basically mm-hmm. get a brand new and don't let it happen again. And if it happens again, we kind of, hey, bud, we're in the same problem here. Send me pictures. And then nine times out of ten, they've got something wrong with their set. They got the wrong parts in the bike. Well, this I bought this from Jimmy Joe, Jim Bob, and I bought that from so and so and so and so, and used piece together. Well, don't work that way, you know. Right. So, and like I said, it, it, it but it's it's just very satisfying, you know. It, it, it's a lot of work, and you get a lot of grief, and it's a lot of hours, and but it's satisfying. I mean, it it, it just make people happy. Exactly. You know, I I think I think that. A portion, you know, you look at first responders, firemen, police officers, EMTs, you know, you then you could talk up to about our military and these people have jobs that are above and beyond the rest of us, in my opinion. Um, but, (laughs) But there's nothing like having a job where you facilitate someone's hobby, Yeah, you know, so they get to go and enjoy the ride. They're doing they're doing what we love to do. You enhance their, 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 but but we almost love building the parts or building the machine they do it on more. Right. You know, I, I have a friend of mine that owns a multi-million dollar plywood company. Hates it. Hates every bit of it. He just says he can't stand going to work anymore because he said he just gets nothing out of it. I mean, 
yeah, sure, he's you know got money, you know. He races side by sides, Polaris and stuff. He owns a, but he just says, "I'm just over it." He says, I'm "So he's 61 years old. He says, I'm over it." He just says, "Man, I'd I'd gave my left arm if I could have done it, have a job like what you do, that you're actually in the industry doing." So because I love to get in the industry somehow and be able to make a living in the industry. Do you have a job? Me? No, I have a job. No, I don't. Have, I've never worked. A a day. I've never worked a day in my life. I well, the day we the first day we sold that was the last job. The day before, I was the last job I had. Because it's not a job. I love going to work. My brother, on the other hand, you know, I got a brother. You got a brother. I got a brother. Your brother, you know, a little more involved in the company than my brother is. My brother is very talented, you know. Uh, See, my brother is a lot more involved than your brother. Yeah, a lot more involved. <laughs> but, you know, my brother you know, my brother is the he's, – he's very artistic. I mean, he's the one that does our ads and our – so I can't do it. I can't draw straight yeah. line. You know, I, I draw napkins when I'm doing drawings, you know, and – and it's it's pathetic, you know. But like I said, it's he is very talented. He does stuff on you know computers and stuff as far as you know our articles and stuff like that, or ads. Or you've seen our stuff that he's yep. done, and it's like I can't do that. And it, 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 our brochures, they all look good. Know, everything. I mean, it would cost me thousands of dollars to have a brochure made that and he can he, make on his computer at home in about two days. Right. And the only thing cost me printing, and it's like. It's an expendable. I can't, I can't. I mean, yeah, granted, he's not down there every day, nine to five, mm-hmm. getting dirty, going home with cut hands like I do or sweaty and I, you know, hot, sticky. You know, I sometimes I'll see him for two or three days and then he'll come in and he'll help run the machine or something. But when I need him to do something like that, he's Johnny on the spot and gets it done, you know. And like I said, that's, you got to let everybody go, oh, your brother, this, your brother, that. I go, then I have to remind them. What he does for our company, right? You can't see what he does. Yeah, you don't have no idea what he does for this company. And I said, what it would cost me to have to pay somebody a retainer to do what he does. Right, it's worth it, you know. And like sometimes it's worth not having him down there because my brother and I have I've altered ideals on things, you know, and we clash a lot on ideas. Oh, you and your brother. I mean, I down at your shop and you and your brother down there. And you guys kind of clash back and forth. You know, like I know, every day I know every every day what goes on down there, in my office and your office. You know every, mm-hmm. and he comes in, or my brother come in, and he'll ask, start asking questions about things, and then when you try to tell him what's going on, he starts telling you what have should have gone on. <laughs> like, well, wait a minute, you yeah. weren't here. <laughs> You know, so it's like, and you got, and, and now it's like I used to argue with him. We used to just vicious fights, you know. And now I just bite my tongue and I say, you know, he gets done. I just shake my hand and I jump and I try to walk away and I kick a hole in the door or something, you know, on my way out, you know, <laughs> like American chopper style or something, you know. I've got to the point where I just go, hey, you can do it. Yeah. I, I got this over here to do. I'm going to be doing that. I, I you know, yeah. then the phone will ring and one of us will have to get on the phone. And- it's it's just kind of funny. I mean, he, uh, he sort he's just knows he, uh, you know, has an eye for stuff like that. Looks, you know, looks good. Or, He'll, he'll, you know, I'll, I'll design something. Well, if he, if he did this and did that or turn this curve or radius a little bit more, you know, okay. You know, I mean, he, he, he catches the flaws that I, you know, my, my caveman mentality, these modern things frighten and confuse me. <laughs> you know, him, it's, you know, it's pretty all black and white to him. But to me, it's like, I don't know, you know, I don't use computers to draw things. I draw things on paper. You know, I don't argue with Lauren when it comes to the motor building, no, motor Lauren setups at all. Um, and I just yeah. occasionally he starts to tell me how to put a bike together, and I go, "Listen, <laughs> listen, bud, I love you, and I'm never going to argue with that." But don't, don't. 
you're in my world. Just I, put more bikes, to get I put more bikes together 20 years ago than you did, yeah. than you've done your whole career. Yeah. So, you know, cause he used to be Marty Hart's mechanic and, and you know, he's your mechanic, uh, but he's, he's not that guy, yeah. you know, and he's he's got a cute haircut and clean clothes, so he don't like getting dirty. That's um, like my brother. My he brother. gets dirty porting and doing all that yeah. stuff. But I mean, porting's a miserable job. Oh, you ever sat in there? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just horrible. It's like sandblasting or something. You know, ah, without yeah. a mask on, it's like yeah. people. Everybody asks, "Why don't you learn how to port?" I don't want to. I have no desire to learn how to do that. You know. And but you know, people say something. You know, something like, "Well, what if your brother's not home? I'll just hire somebody else. You know, somebody else to do that. I'll bite the bullet. Have to hire somebody to do." Yeah. You know, I'll do that. If, you, if your brother decides, hey, I'm done with this, and you're going to have to, you know, you want to continue on with it, then you... I have you, to figure it out. You have to figure it out. You just, you do. You know, everybody's like, uh, you know, my dad did a lot of the programming and stuff like that. Like I said, you know, it was like, oh, what happens to, you know, what happens to your father? He's gone. You know, well, there's people out there in the program. That's all they do. Well, unfortunately for me, Zach, the kid that works for me, he, he picked it up, you know, uh, 10 years ago, or I'd say eight years ago, he didn't know what a CNC machine was. He had no clue. Right. You know, when he made our, we did the RBM stuff, you know, I drew it out and he programmed. I go, what's your program? It's the internet. YouTube. YouTube. Me. <laughs> no, I was watching the YouTube program, how to program that radius and everything, how to program that concave. I feel like, okay, whatever, brother, you know. Hey. It knocks yeah, you out. It works. Yeah. yeah. You know, I got him a nice little laptop and he's got the big office. And like I said, and, and like I said, but what I said, the beauty of it is with, with my, my dad's, like I said, smartest guy now. Problem is, like I said, when he always butt heads with me when it comes to design stuff. But know? he wants to do it his way. Well, it's not so much he wants to do it his way. It's just like he's very practical. He's he's not flamboyant. Don't live in a big house. Doesn't have drive a fancy car. You got a smart car for God's sake. Right. His his toy is is his you know our semi. You know that's he loves that thing. He if he said he wasn't doing machine work, he'd be a truck driver. Yeah. Right. Cool, Dad. That's that's great, man. You know, but I mean, he that that's his passion, but. He likes, loves talking to people, going to races. So, like, we go to the race, you see him, he sits in the back and BSs everybody. Yeah. I'm sweating. I got cut hands. I, I'm bleeding. I'm I, remember, one in the morning. I remember people just stopping by to say hello to Ralph, you know? And then people still call me to this day. Hey, you know, what's going on? Like, hey, tell Ralph. I said, hey, miss him, you know? And I got people shop the shop looking for him, you know? Hey, tell Ralph. Sorry, man, he's not down here anymore. You know, I bring him down every once in a while, let him roll around and scream me out the employees. And when I was yeah. down there borrowing your UTV, yeah, he was down there. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I looked at the thing; it don't look bent. It's not. Why'd you get the new parts for? To, because I was worried about it. It wasn't bent. You didn't hurt it. Well, I got the, the people know you rolled my car, my brand new Yamaha 1000. It's not brand new. How old well, is it? It's 2016. It was okay. New. You know, you didn't put any miles on. You rolled it over in the sand, dude. You christened Good. it for me. You know, Valeria. I, I, I swear to God, I thought it was so funny. I go, my 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 wife's like, aren't you afraid Lenny's gonna crash? And I go, oh no, Lenny would never do anything dangerous. Like I thought, well, if he rolled over, big deal. You know, at least the christened thing for me. And then when I talked to him, everything go, yeah, everything went great. And I go, oh cool. And then the next second time I talked to you, that's when you said, uh, I kind of had a little problem with your car. <laughs> and I said, no, you didn't, did you? I like, you always know, didn't cartwheel the thing. I said, and what the last thing I told you? If you cartwheel it, make sure you get video. Right. Well, we... You didn't get any video you were rolling over, did you? No, because Damn. right before this happened, I mean, we're talking two minutes, minute, yeah. whatever, Valeria drops her phone. Oh. So she's got it. It's in the seat, but she's dropped the phone where she was videotaping. So she drops it. We figure out she gets her phone. And then Lauren's in his talent and I'm in the Yamaha. 
he has paddles. I'm still, I didn't right. even air down. Yeah. So we're in four wheel drive and I'm trying to get the feel for it. And we're, we're racing around pretty good. Fuller's out front in his talent. And, uh, we're get this high speed section and it dips down. So you lose a little bit of momentum. And right as we go up this off camber soft hill, I go to upshift and I should have downshifted because when I hit the soft sand, it just whoa. And if I would have been, if I would have downshifted, I'd have went right. I had enough momentum. Yeah. I'd have went up the edge and went onto the the the, the plateau, but I didn't. Yeah. It sunk. And we're sitting, I'm sitting there. Look, I turned around and I looked at her. As the car just starts going, you know, don't feel bad. When my wife and I did that little poker run two years ago down there, they, they, we had a ball. Right. Uh, Licking lizard, lost lizards. They they put some up. Uh -huh. uh, we rolled down there for the day. Brought my dog with us and everything. And dumbass me didn't have a cooler in the car. Nothing. You know, we didn't know. And we had a ball. I mean, you know, dogs in my wife's lap. You know, and my you know Olivia's sixty pound pit bull. Uh -huh. uh, she's she's a big dog and. You know, we're 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 out there in the first loop, and I didn't get five. I didn't even the first check, and I got the car sideways four or five times in the dunes. We're like, my wife's going, "What do I do if we start rolling? I'll throw the dog out." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were actually just hanging there for a minute. I'm like, "Hang on a second. I cut the wheel. Burr, burr, burr. Oh, okay, down the hill we go. And I just get in like I swear, like, two or three times within the first five miles of thing, I almost rolled thing over twice, and it's just in sand, you know. And it's just like, what am I doing wrong? And I'm like, I, you know, hey, just dumbass me. And I don't have enough time behind the wheel and everything. I've had it, you know, you had it more, you had it more your shop than I owned in my garage. Well, I didn't know how to adjust the seat or the seat belts. Okay. You uh, took it and then we, you were in it and then we fault. took it to do the article. Yeah. Well, I never figured out how to change, to move the seat around or adjust the belts. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing it with loose belts in the seat. My tippy toes are on the gas and the clutch and the brake. Or for the video or for the magazine? For the magazine article. Oh, I have some good pictures there. Well, got that thing hawking sideways in the field. They had me come down a, a, a whoop section with a little rise right before them and turn 90 degrees at the camera. <laughs> And I'm thinking, you guys are got to be nuts. You're on that's the wrong. Cars hopped like that. It, dirt it, flying. Yes. Oh, that, that's a great picture. That's on the that's on the cover, isn't it? Uh, I don't remember if it's on the cover or not. But I, I mean, the last time we did it, the car I'm on two wheels looking at the camera guy. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God. And I, I'll oh God. bet you he's not. I bet I almost reach out and touch him. Right. And I'm on two wheels, and the car is tilted that way. And it drops back down, and I freaking said, I'm done. I'm not doing that again. You know? Yeah. The, the sub-by stuff's fun. Uh, I I got it just for my wife, and I had a tool around with, and, and you guys did a great job building. We we took it all the way down. People don't know. We took that, the 16, whatever. It's a, it's a driver. It's got the, you know. It's a driver's shift. car, man. It's yeah, a it's driver's got a car. shift. I saw that. I thought, I got to have that. I sold everything. I, you know, a bunch of toys. Got that thing. And I first thing, I drove it to, to Duncan's and said, here. Lenny, build me a masterpiece. Oh, build me the car that I dream that you know that God would want to drive. Well, we built an exhaust for it. We built a tuner on yeah. there. Uh, well, we, we built fly a slip wheel. on. Yeah, I mean, we did. We we'll put the fly cage. On. You know, we got the, the, the TV metal works with the cage and yep. all. That. I mean, just it took what six months, probably. God, I think through. I, I love it. I mean, it's bright orange. Well, I, I had it, it done, and then you brought me the um, the. Uh, 
Yamaha kit for the clutch. Oh, another. the uh, flywheel kit. Yeah. No, or no, the, the alternator kit. The alternator. Yeah. You yeah. brought me the alternator to put on there. Redundant, redundant, I'm done man. and you bring me the alternator. Redundant, redundant, baby. Uh, you know, like I said, I've, you know, to this day, I've never had the lights on that thing. I've never been out with the lights on. I don't even know if the damn things work. I didn't even drive it at night. Oh, uh, yeah. I wish you would have. Because, like I said, I don't know how good the lights are. I've never been out at night with it. Every time I, I've had a desert like three or four times. And it seems like we start to get every time we go, it's like New Year's or thing or Christmas, and it's been raining the last couple times I've been out, so it's like pouring rain. So we sit in you know trailer and drink, you know, and it just I had never gone out with I had no idea how to work. <laughs> the lights work or not? I mean, I don't know they come on, but I mean, right? But uh, I I need to sit down and figure out how my GPS works. I know uh, that the tracking system. I didn't even take the it cover. It looks cool. Off. I didn't even take yeah, the I cover. I know, off. but it looks. I I turn it on during the little uh, little thing. My eyes going. What's it doing? I have no foggy idea. I think that's us. This is where we were. And I don't know where we are. And if I rely on this thing, I'd be lost in the desert somewhere. But I tell you what, <laughs> you know, after that poker run thing, the first thing we did is took it in, had a cooler mount in the back of it, big old seven day ice, you know, cooler. Yeah, I threw that. I, I threw that into yeah, the dunes. You dunes threw so. that in the dunes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> is there anything left? But I put a ratchet strap. Do you need anything in it? No, but I put a ratchet strap on there so it won't come off. I never again. opened it up, so I didn't, you know, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't use it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we put a ratchet strap on there to hold yeah, it. In it's place. still on. I haven't touched it. Yeah, yeah. I, I brought. Well, I'm having. Uh, I'm trying to get my the guy does all electric. I'm trying to get him to put a fuse panel in it because right now the batteries, like the main batteries, got like cables all over it. It's like right. oh, an octopus. So I want to you know move that positive, negative, and all that cool shit. In, you know, so it, it, I'll have to you know. Oh, you just take two wires out, put it back. Well, instead of just gonna, whichever yeah. guy put those Elkas together on that car, you did it. No, the I didn't put those oh, shocks together. You put, put them, them together. You put them on. The car works. Works good, doesn't it? Oh, did it? We were great. we were ripping uh, one day. We and I'm not out. trying. To, I'm not trying to promote the Elka for for any reason other but than they the were, fact they work good. When I we very seldom do you take it out of the box and it, it worked that good. I had the Fox on it and I drove it a couple times a day with Fox on it and we adjusted and played with it. And it hopped on, bounced out. But yeah, I was going down the railroad bridge and then they're up up down knocked to you. Mm-hmm. We took off my wife and I took off down that, that sand wash. We were doing 67 miles an hour just touching the tops of the bumps, you know, in wide open in high gear. We're talking to each other. I'm just like, this is cool. Yeah. You know, and the thing just, it worked. It worked. It's a fun little car. I mean, it, you know, it, it's fun for me. It's, it's. Lauren's lucky it was yours. Yeah. Because if it wouldn't have been, if it would have been mine, He'd have ended up. He'd have had my bumper in his door a couple different times. Who grabbed the Who grabbed the uh, rail? A little hot rail over here. Uh, Somebody told me that's a stupid place to put that bump, the hoop, because I grabbed it and it was bumper in my hand. I think it was Brian. Brian. Yeah. Uh, when he when we when the, when it was rolling oh, over. Yeah. Um, but no, I Lauren Lauren got a little aggressive with me a couple times. You should have to. Did if I'd have would have. I would have stuck the front of the bumper in his door, driver's door. Yeah. The bumper on that thing is the front's a little weak, a little weak. I'd like to have something a little more to it. I talked to Timmy Boy about that, about building something a little more to it. Well, we like, thought about making one of our signature bumpers on, for it. He goes, what are you planning on doing? I'm like, oh, I don't people, probably. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I said, I don't take it out of now. That's my problem. I, I got to start getting out and playing. But uh, we're hoping that they have another uh, poker run thing. Because like I said, that was a gas. It was... But the, at night, man, they had a band and they had, I mean, really cool. Uh, they had a big raffle going. I think went all night. And I'm saying, shit, next time I'm bringing my trailer down there on my fifth wheel. And I'm yeah, gonna, so please. I'm going to stay down there. Yeah. 
But we hit, we hung around as long as we could and tried to go home. And I was like, oh, no way. I heard my, uh, you Marty Tripes, Marty? Yeah. Yeah, he lives down there now. Okay. He tea. He's like, ah, stay in my house. Like, you drink too much. <laughs> I will wake up on th- Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might do you some good to miss some work. Yeah. Randy, I want to thank you so much for coming and spending time with me. I know you and I have been friends for a number of years, and um, it really means a lot to me that you came and sat down with me. I know you were a little reluctant at first. It's, it's you know, I never get to talk to you, you know. And we, right. we, we're, every time I go to your shop, you know, you're busy, or when we have the races, we're busy. I mean, we never get to sit down and just BS about things, you know. Uh, I know a, a few things we did with Oklahoma with the rental cars, you know, yep. well, that's another time. We'll talk about that. Well, uh, we don't need to talk yeah, about we it. We don't discuss that now. It's, uh, it's been seven years. So I think, uh, I think it's been longer I, than that. Yeah, it's been over seven years. Yeah. It's been over seven years. So I think we can get, we can go away with it now, but, uh, yeah, we've done a lot of, we've got a Wasn't lot. Wasn't that of before Reddish took over? Yeah. Yeah. And Reddish had it for it was in Oklahoma of all places a works race. It was kind of bizarre. Wasn't yeah, but wasn't that the year that he took over? No, Dave Hamill's still running it. Yeah, but the next year Reddish Dave, had. Yeah, I think Reddish had next because remember Dave yeah. was in the car with him <laughs> to the donuts of Lee Continental in the mud. <laughs> Are, uh, are allegedly we didn't did, do it. I don't allegedly, know ta- I do not know what you're talking about. Allegedly, did donuts in a road in, in the mud. Allegedly, so no, there was just a big mud hole on the yeah, entrance yeah, of the yeah, yeah, of the yeah. return. Rat rat in front of me. I <laughs> yeah, now we've had a lot of fun. But like I said, it's nice to sit down and BS, and and, and we 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 both are busy. You know, we're always busy. We don't have time to talk half the time on the phone. She's like. Or we text each other and it's like an hour before you text me back or something, you know? Yeah, because I, I miss busy. I miss so many of them nowadays. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it, it's fun to go to the races and we detune, we do everything and then we get done. Yeah, I used to more bug you at the track. You done yet? You done yet? You done yet? Come on, come on. We got to go eat. Let's go eat. Let's go, you know, uh, let's go to the Rex restaurant. I think one of the drink. last times we were at State Line. State Line. Yeah, I kept screaming at you. We would drop the damn wrenches and come on. It was, I'm going to rebuild Wasn't it like bun. 7 o'clock or something yeah. like that? Yeah, it was Friday night, 7 o'clock. We want to go party. And you, we're going to work on this bike. Bull. <laughs> yeah, we ended up stopping working on it. Yeah, we went to the, with that. And they were restaurant. still working on it because I was helping somebody. Yeah. And they were still working on it when we came back out. Yeah. You know, and I walked over there and I looked at it and I said, yeah, I'm done. I'm not yeah. helping anymore. I'm going to and, Like I said, it just, we don't, we miss, I miss that. We don't get to do that. You know, that's, that's the whole thing going on. I would see you probably, well, we'd see each other race. So, you know. I've, we've been to many races yeah, and barely said I. Golf cart and mayhem with the golf cart and poor golf cart. Ralph would never let me take the golf cart. He would be dangerous. Well, maybe he knew a lot gonna, of people take that golf cart. Maybe, maybe he knew I was going to roll the golf cart or blow the shocks out of or something. <laughs> no, it's it's like I said, it's. Uh, I I just hope things keep. You know, I hope things get better in the world as far as this COVID crap and all that stuff. We get back to some normalcy. You know, it's been crazy year and a half so far, but. Business has been good, like I said, and and the whole industry is doing well. I mean, all my friends that are in the industry just go, wow, you know, they're they're back ordered six, seven, you know, weeks and things, and everybody's be you're always busy. I mean, you one legged man, you know. Well, it's just it's just the way we run the shop, you know. I mean, well, yeah, you're used to doing it your way. I couldn't run my business by myself; be impossible. 
you know, it just, it just, there's too many, too many things to do, you know, too many departments. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, the bad thing about the bad thing and the good thing is, is I touch everything, you know, the, the, everything we ship in the day that I put together, even some of the cylinders that Lauren bring in, you know, we're, I'm touching everything. Bad thing. I think sometimes. Is touching everything. <laughs> Smart ass. Don't get anything done. No, I never get anything. Stop calling Lenny. He can't get anything done. He's on the phone all the time. Stop uh, calling him. Figure no. it out yourself. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> you got a problem? Don't call him. I, that's one thing. That's one thing that we, <laughs> you know, Dad, prob, you know, beat up on us about when we were younger. Customer service. Customer service, exactly. You know, my old man's never been. He's never had his own business. I mean, he's always worked for somebody until we started GPR. Really, I mean, right. and uh, that's what he said. He goes, treat people like you want to be treated. You know, you've got a problem, treat them nice. Because so, yeah, I've been so many companies that I've in this industry that I have been used their product, and they're the biggest a holes in the planet. And I hear it from other people. Well, I try to call them and ask them about a part of my bike, and boy, uh, they made me sound like I was an idiot. You know, but you know, it's you can't do that. You know, in the past, I've been, uh, in the past, I've been, you know, when we first started, I was getting a little overwhelmed with with some things and I may have raised my voice once or twice, but like I said, it's, uh, I don't do that no more. It's, I, I am willing to help, but I'm not willing to negotiate. Yeah. He says, you called me, you want to know my opinion. Here it is. He says, yeah. you may not like my answer and that's, that's fine. Right. That's there's, right. there's 10 other guys you can try to call. Yep. yep. But. Here's Trinity's number. <laughs> uh, they, they went out of business. But you know what I mean? It's just like, here's X, who's XYZ's number. You know, give them a call and they'll tell you the same thing. So, you I know, get I get it. But like I said, it is fun. Like I said, you and I have never worked a day in our lives. No, I love what I did. Well, I, I had a, I, before GPR, I had a job. But, I worked at a, I built houses for a little while. That was really? a job. That's your male prostitute. No, that, that, that didn't work stripper. out. That didn't work What's out. Your stripper? That yeah. didn't work out. Uh, I have, rumors. My, my beer got hung out. <laughs> you know. Rumors. That's some Those vicious, are bad rumors. This is rumors started by Doug Eichner. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> cool. Well, that's been fun. It's been a ball, Randy. Thank you very much. No uh, problem. I'm going to do what I do to everybody. I'm going to invite you back at some point. Good, and good, good luck with everything else. I, well, we're growing. We're growing. Yeah. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.